0: Welcome to a very special Tiny Plastic People podcast, or in this case, you could refer to us as the average-sized meaty people, because we're going to
1: talk about
0: a <laughs> mega game that we done did. <laughs> it's us, the fridge people.
1: You can't say that. I love it.
0: Cool. <laughs> so, joining me today on this uh, podcast is uh, Pete. Hello. JD. Hello and uh dines puddle of
2: puddle of flesh a puddle of flesh
0: we are all puddles of flesh on this auspicious occasion due to uh the weather which we have to now mention because we are um in the uk and so hot british summer we, we have to acknowledge that we're either too hot or too cold so we have now acknowledged that
3: we and can let move, us on. move on
0: as a people. good? so what on earth is a mega game, and why did we do one?
2: Yeah, so we we did we all did a big old we did a, a big old you may even call like a really mega sized game, which is uh, the way I've been describing it to people when they ask me what are you doing this weekend. I say I'm going to play Model UN, um, but with aliens, uh, which I feel basically sums it up. So you you you, I mean it's grossly oversimplified, but it's basically pretend to be some people. Uh, In a large scenario. It's LARPing
1: for people that like wearing suits instead of (laughs) armour. Yeah, yeah,
3: LARPing for people who are into politics. (laughs) No weapons. Yeah, yeah, but your weapon is your
2: silver tongue. Mm. Or, you know, cards. And your devious intellect. And your devious, yeah, there we go. Your weapon is your mind. Did anyone else have to
0: explain it to, um, like, a workmate or someone who might not know what on earth it is they're doing?
1: I have recently explained it to somebody that I'm dating, uh, and that
0: was... how did that go?
1: <laughs> I mean, she was very interested, but I mean, that was presumably her humouring me because it was a first date. So <laughs> that's
2: false. Um, but good, good on you.
1: I I make no apologies. Get get the nerdy shit out of the way early. That's what I say. Amen. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think, I think you can make it sound quite exciting with all the, the wheeling and the dealing and the toing and the throwing.
2: Once I explain to people what it is we're going to be doing, then I, f- I see people like, "All oh, right, what's that? So who are you then? Are you like France? And I'm like, no, I'm the king of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and then it would sort of escalate. People go, what? And then I explain what it is. And then there's going to be aliens come down and I don't know what the hell's going to happen. And I, the, a I, lot of people are actually sounding super on board
3: with it. I explained it to my dad because um, he happened to text me like on the day and just ask what I was up to. And when I explained it to him, I, I was trying to keep it as, like, not going off on a tangent as possible, and the responses that I got did come across as very, oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So off it's to play with your thing. friends. Bit of fun in the sun. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's a glorified game, but with yeah. oh, goodness, there about 200 people there, weren't there? Yeah, sure it was. Really mega...
0: Yeah, I guess to uh, just be absolutely clear, we took part in what is called a mega game, and the mega game was called First Contact twenty thirty five, which was organised by very large, huge games, and uh, yeah, um, I can't remember who was actually the driver to like get us all into it. I was uh, Luke because he yes. was one of the guys organising. Because
1: he he knows the guy that was one of the key runners, I believe. The main
2: facilitator.
1: Yeah.
0: And one of the fun things about a mega game is that we all end up assigned roles and we ended up on, well, we have two people from each team here. So uh, we already have the king of Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, Pete, who are you? Uh,
1: I was the supreme leader of Iran. Uh, So just call me the Ayatollah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: I I did, I did coin the phrase Ayatollah Femani, which I didn't (laughs) end up using on the day because I didn't want to get on too much on Pete's (laughs) tits.
1: You could never.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, JD, who are you?
3: Uh, I was the foreign minister of Iran, so I was responsible for flying around and going and trying to strike deals with people and convince people to work with us, essentially, which was tricky.
0: Amazing, and uh, I was the military commander of uh, of uh, Saudi Arabia, which essentially involved me playing an incredibly complex board game while everyone else was mm. running around at the same time. Hugely complex.
2: Though probably oh. worth mentioning that we did we did put these we put the so that you know you may detect there's some uh, in perhaps inherent tension between uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran, and that was. Um, that was purposeful. We we mm. we applied we generated as a group that and said, uh, "Yeah, we said, give us something spicy." We're in two teams here. Let's uh, <laughs> let's not be too far apart. And so they kindly put us on two teams, which yeah. are due for a lot of, let's say, country to country interaction. Local rivals. Yeah, I, f- I feel yeah. like if
3: if if like so, for example, if your team had been I don't know Indonesia and we'd been um, Brazil, I feel like there wouldn't have been anywhere near as much like fun yeah. stuff happening during the day. Well, he's between us.
2: Mm. mm.
3: Yeah. So, mm.
0: um, how did we, how did you all have to kind of like prepare to get ready for such a massive game? Uh, JD.
3: Um, mostly it was just getting through my head, the idea of having to actually go and speak to people because I am not <laughs> a sociable person. Um, I am not particularly confident when talking to people that I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I was just trying to get into that mindset. I mean, I I, I thought my, my degree would be more helpful than it was. Um, it turned out <laughs> that you can't really apply an international relations degree to a game. Re- well, I mean, you could, but it'd be really boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot more, like, improvisation that I ended up doing. Like A lot of the things that I sort of planned out ahead of time didn't end up happening or ended up happening in completely different ways than I expected.
2: Hmm hmm there's also a shed load there's about eighteen thousand pages of rules as well isn't it
3: not well for 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 me that as foreign minister my my rule book was about four pages long because it it was it was mostly like just go and have a chat with people and try and make deals that was basically it like i I think i had the simplest role on the face of it in terms of rules at least i I was the least constrained by like mechanics
1: i think that was one of the perhaps the one of the main It's probably it's probably not necessarily like a drawback, but like the way that the game was designed was that each individual role, because as well as the three that we've mentioned, there's also the interior minister um, for most countries. Um, The way that the game was designed, as far as I could tell from leafing through everything, was (laughs) there was the three the three roles that weren't the military commander that were like relatively self explanatory and not particularly rules heavy. And then the military commander had this like fifty-page rule book with a lot of uh, like fairly crunchy rules, as far as I could tell. I didn't, I didn't take all of it on, but it
0: wasn't as like it is like most kind of games that, on the surface of it, you just kind of look, oh my god, what on earth is all of this sort of stuff? But then you actually realize it's not that complex, and there's always there was always a like a, a game runner with you all times basically to help you make decisions so i think
2: i got i got the impression the military commander one the 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 billions of pages there is is more to do with the breadth of the things you had to handle not necessarily the the depth of it right
1: yeah i I guess i guess my point with that is like the breadth of stuff actually had like at least in theory concrete rules surrounding it whereas obviously like the breadth of what a foreign minister could do is like incredibly wide yeah. But most of it is just handled by like talking it out, either with the person that you're dealing with or uh, one of the, the game runners, as opposed mm. to it being like you have to roll this dice to do this effect sort of thing.
2: Yeah, so that was that was something I found throughout the whole game, right? So you got this. It was the way I try and describe the rules. It's kind of not just like um, they weren't they weren't hard and fast, were they? So they were sort of it got it got they released a sort of like a block of rules at the beginning. Mm. and uh with with like guides and it was a few pages and they were they were all quite useful but they were quite overviewy and i certainly is like a leader the leader the leader of rules pack was basically just like lead
1: yeah yeah uh, okay it's very general
2: i don't know what that means i haven't done one of these before but just like guide your team i'm like okay that's fine like you know all right the the, the mechanics of that are very loose and so the, the way it played out seemed to be uh it's very heavily gm'd and it's got the it's got the aura of a bit like uh you're a bit like of a, a tabletop rpg right but your your military commander is playing uh the the fights of those which are a little bit more stat driven but still flexible and everybody else is improving in a you know trying to, with, with somebody else and yeah it, but it was it was i, I was a little confused by that because I, as i went in thinking well there's some like definite rules here and there occasionally would be right because you'd have like rules written down on cards that were mm-hmm. and your economy was tracked by a like a a track that you, you had a token that moved around and you could take actions to improve it. But at the same time you could do pretty much anything. You go to the games facilitator and like, well, I'm sure we'll come to what we did, but you know, you can do <laughs> things, you can do things which are like not, you know, which they hadn't planned for or foreseen. Uh, and that was all, I think you were meant to utilize all of those things. I like a hundred percent lost track of what the hell mm. I was doing pretty much immediately. But, um <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 kind of fast and loose with with rules, which are yeah. sometimes opaque, sometimes well defined. It's uh, it's interesting.
0: Cool. Well, let's continue introducing it a little bit more as well. So, what else was going on with the uh, game? We've we've already mentioned the fact that yes, this is a bit of like a model UN, but there were also aliens or in
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yes. We don't speak to them because they're aliens and they live on their own spaceship. So I literally, I spoke to aliens maybe like five times. In the, but you That's a lie. I did speak I, to the
1: aliens. We actually spoke with, well, at least I did as, as Iranian leader, but um, we actually spoke to one faction of the aliens in particular quite a lot um, mm. because they, they were, I think they landed near us quite early on mm. and I think we sort of made an executive decision to engage <laughs> yeah, in a sort of diplomatic way instead mm. of, uh, shooting them Hostily. down which is yeah. what
0: i had the option of doing it's like oh there's aliens so aliens would <laughs> appear on the board and it was just like do you want to shoot them down and then mm. you just had the option of saying yes or no because you'd have to <laughs> kind of engage them somehow but you mm. could never engage them and just be like well i've sent fighter jets can we just wave at them or something it's just like nope you're gonna shoot them or you're not gonna shoot them
2: can't watch them yet. yeah you, yeah yeah so-, so there was there was how many how many people in the in the in the country's team sort of gang you about 100 maybe yeah, there was the fewest. It was the like a large. Them. It was. It was. the
1: yeah. probably the
3: majority yeah. of
2: players. Yeah. The biggest
1: yeah. single yeah. group, certainly.
2: So you had sort of like I don't know, was it seventy-five to hundred people in countries, let's say, and then it, uh, the aliens. I got the impression of about I don't know, twenty, thirty of them. Something. Yeah, the that teams order. seemed
1: to be like two or three people a pop. and there were yeah. seven factions in the end, weren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aliens. Yeah, and then and so yeah, the were aliens
0: more... weren't everything. There was uh, yeah. also there was corporations. Mm. Yeah. I can't really remember what they were doing. What were, oh, they, they, they were, were trying
2: selling to make money. Tech. They were trying to sell like us their, tech.
1: They, their, their objectives were like, make money for everyone. And then I think they all had like, you know how we got that sheet that said like, these are your objectives. You have these historical grievances. You'll want to be focusing on doing X, Y, and Z. I think the corporations had that as well. Like, they might have a rivalry with A corporation in the same industry or that sort of thing Mm. and they're trying to like finish the game ahead of them
3: there was there was a lot of very cyberpunk um as in cyberpunk tm um the sort of corporate things going on like it was fascinating so like um there's so many things you only hear about like afterwards um after it's happened so there was the thing where um like corporate wet work teams from one corporation uh tried carried out like nerve gas attacks under the under the sort of uniform of another corporation <laughs> and stuff it's like proper it's stuff out of like the fourth corporate war in cyberpunk and things like yeah, that yeah. really like wild stuff was going on there
2: we didn't we, i we didn't see a huge amount of that right did we so that that it would whether or not that interacted with you as a country or not the sort of
1: yeah i mean this this is what i was about to say i think a lot a lot of this game because of how big it was and how like laser focused you get you are when you're sort of engaging in it there's so much that you don't see even mm. even on the country level like mm. the, because we were on the like central asia middle east map um there was loads of other things that were, were like happening in the world that just it really escaped my notice mm-hmm. i don't know about the rest of you guys yeah, 100%.
0: yeah for sure i didn't really realize how much of a like an asshole canada was being
1: well <laughs> Yeah, I mean we we totally uh, threw our lot in with them without realizing uh, exactly exactly how awful they were until it was too late really.
0: That was it. I yeah. think that my like oh, I think my almost one regret but it wasn't really a regret was just that we were as a military commander you're incredibly focused on your one table so you barely mm-hmm. ever leave that table apart from right. getting kicked off it for the aliens to essentially take <laughs> their turn. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, things things do a lot happen to you in the game, don't they? you Are presented yeah. with like people come to me like, uh, was it so? The let's, say, let's just take an example. We, 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 there are scientists in the game as well, which we briefly mentioned. So they had their own objectives, which is like doing research into things, helping. I, I don't really know if they're helping the corporations research stuff, I think they were. Then yeah. and so we had one chap who, ha- uh, somebody who happened to be uh, based in Saudi Arabia, this for, for not really any mechanical benefit, but just happened to go to the I think it's King Abdullah University, and the um. In the game days, and they uh uh we we said we say to them like yeah we, yeah, we want to like we want to go hard on solar energy we want like and he's like yeah 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 I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do that and then we come back and he's like right I've researched a way to kill the aliens and I'm like this, my dude what like where's that and then does and it then, involve like, the sun <laughs> yeah and then like some stuff happens and then a reporter because the, the press are there as well so like. A GNN guy comes up to me like, what do you think about this uh, scientist based in uh, who says you're funding him to research nuclear weapons to kill the aliens? And I'm like, what? Where's that come from? It's good, but you're like, a lot of these things that happen to you, you know, like, uh, uh, certainly many things happen to you via me, James. uh, I know I would merely arrive and deliver you You a piece of information with which I had
1: no expectation of what you're going to do with it. Or a little treat or something. A little treat, a little... So... (laughs) Can I ask how how did you treat uh, James as your like military guy? Because the way the way that I because uh, we we had um, Baron from from our forums as uh, uh, a military, military guy for for our team, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> basically every turn he'd come over, and all I would say is how much money do you need? Yeah, that's kind of what him, it was. Give him his pocket money. And then that would kind of be it, unless he really needed to like come over and say, This is an emergency, or I need you to buy, uh, well, so you know, another fighter jet for me. I'd had an idea of what I'd like
2: James to do, which was basically there are these units called spec ops, which is meant to be your sort of like, uh, well, sort of special forces y kind of people's. And they're they're touted in my end, my reading from the book was they were touted as the people you can get to do things and go and like secretly blow up stuff and do this. And I was like, Wait, well, that to me feels like a kind of relevant thing that you might do as the country i was playing which was like you know fun lots of special ops going causing mischief around the world and so i was like right james just just do loads of stuff with spec ops And and it transpired that that was not particularly possible so but that was about as far as i'd got with anything so like i didn't really have much beyond that
0: yeah it became more possible throughout the game um just as we got a feel for what kind of like role play and things was, mm. or like storytelling yeah. was almost allowed with your spec ops and your units and things that was, yeah. that was one of the hardest things to, um, kind of get a handle on was like how far you could take something or mm. how far you could enact a plan. Cause the worst thing about the spe- spec ops was that you would have to literally put them onto other people's maps and they right. would see you doing that was it. That's
1: quite obvious then. So it was incredibly
0: yeah. obvious. Like, it was just like, oh, I've put a load of Spec Ops there. And it was just like, why? I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to mess just, some stuff say. up. Or if, if you like. But like, they'd know exactly who did it.
2: Mm. Is, it is it like in a, in tabletop where you can, you know, a lot of the point of those is to improv, but also by the same token, there, there are limits, right? You can't be like, I'm, right, I'm going to jump to the moon. Well, no. Like, yeah. So you're you're kind of be you spend you you know and in in a, in a in an RPG maybe you find you know the new group you would spend the first session or whatever finding where that line is of what you can work it out and uh, I guess the oh, I don't want to let like capital P problem but the problem in this is where you you you've got turns you've got limited numbers and you are time bound mm-hmm. so you're spending the first few of those turns perhaps working out where that line is. Maybe really, that's okay. Maybe that's just how maybe that's just how it goes. I think that it's,
0: it's just uh, how it goes, really, with that yeah, many yeah. people in a room. And also, mm-hmm. we haven't really mentioned, but we did say that like there's facilitators and GMS involved as well. So there was a whole team of people provided by the lovely people who organised the event, who some were mechanical like uh, runners, some were like narrative runners, and then there was like an administration team who was kind of like keeping on top of everything else. Hmm. So there's probably like, 20 30 people. Just for admin, right? Yeah. So each table... So there were several tables. I think there were four or five tables, which were just the countries. And then there was the tables yeah, downstairs the as well. And each one of them had a facilitator. And that facilitator mm. was basically championing everyone along to say, come on, you got to do this right now. You've got to put those spec ops over there. Are you done mm. moving? Are you done moving? Great. Okay, now we're going to like shoot the, shoot the aliens, etc. Mm-hmm. So... That was really important. Brutally efficient, (laughs) and and they had to be because, like the turns, like you also said, were like forty-five minutes long, Mm -hmm. and in that forty-five minutes, everything which that had to happen would have to happen, and there's a big timer on the wall. So, Mm
3: -hmm. yeah, I see. I I found that yeah, because the time limitation was very much like, uh, I was constantly running around. There was there wasn't that much Mm. that much time that I spent standing still or sitting down or not thinking um but i think because you become so laser focused on what you're trying to do in that moment you don't you might you can i think you can miss the possibility space i think me and me and pete talked about this a while ago um the, so there was there was one action that saudi arabia took uh during the game which was to sneak chemical weapons with the help of the israelis into the iranian <laughs> desert and then tattle yes. on us to the UN. Um so so I, I think like it was it was like right right at the start of I think it was like turn 3 or 4 um I had a representative from the UN just come over and say can you come to the UN security council please and I was like oh shit okay right fine and then but then I we had previously seen you talking a lot with the israelis and then it was explained oh we found um chemical weapons uh, near Homs and I was like okay well they're not ours um, so, so, I was, so I went to the UN and I didn't, I thought, um, it was a great moment genuinely because I had to think on my feet and think, right, how am I going to explain this? Cause they don't trust us. Um, and I thought, I can't just go in there like a child and go, it was Saudi Arabia who did it. It wasn't us. It was them. Um, so what I ended up doing is I just sort of came up with, right. Okay. This is like, this stockpile is a holdover from the Iran-Iraq war, um, we, are, we were in the process of, you know, decommissioning all of the, the weaponry and stuff from that conflict. And obviously with one thing and another, aliens arriving, um, trying, to, trying to deal with sabotage from Saudi Arabia and Israel. It's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. And they, f- they fully bought it. And they were just like, right, fair enough. <laughs> but then they, yeah. said, they said, would you be happy to then have a UN team come in and decommission it for you? And I said, yep, we've got nothing to hide. We weren't building the nuclear program, nothing. At that like, point, we, well, we, we were squeaky clean at that well, point. Well, that's the least. other thing,
1: because one of, one of our objectives and the way that uh, Iran starts the game is that you've got this sort of nascent nuclear program that a lot of other nations of the world don't want to like finish. And we made the decision very early on that we weren't going to bother with it um, because it seemed a bit risky. And then also... A little, a little bit after we'd come to that decision, we'd started funding research into alien like <laughs> we kept referring to them as mega nukes like weapons that were even more powerful than nuclear weapons. We could say fully honestly that we were not developing nuclear weapons
3: so that yeah the the, the broader point I was making with the um uh, the the with the action that Saudi Arabia definitely did do to us is that um I think the the sort of not failure but the thing we had on our team was that i think we hadn't quite grokked the possibility space or the sort of things we could do um until like relatively late in the game um yeah that's not necessarily i'm not saying that's a failure of the game at all but i think it's more of a failure of imagination Um, yeah i'm
1: not like a natural improv guy and i think maybe some other people are better at that being a bit more spontaneous
0: yeah, and also, like, about that play, which we did definitely not do with Israel, was that it took us two turns to even plan how that would work with the facilitator, because we didn't know yeah. what we could do. Because, first of all, we got given uh this uh Dain's got some uh beautiful, like, nerve gas, and I was just like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to use this on the board, because it would be a war crime – and the facilitator agreed. Never like do if, that. If I used it, it would be a war crime. People might get upset. <laughs> so my first idea was we had a big situation going on um, in Kashmir. And was it Kashmir? It might have been Kashmir. Anyway, everything it, was
1: going to It shit. was popping off over there for it a, was. quite a long time.
0: India and Pakistan were basically at odds against each other for some reason. And... Um, there was also like refugees. There was, the UN was involved, things like that. So what my initial plan had been was we were going to use our special forces to set off the nerve gas in Kashmir, and then blame Iran, and then we were going to hold a charity concert to make everyone like us.
2: We had we had a card that was a charity. I don't know where a charity fundraiser, right? No, it was a I charity concert. What... It was like a live concert we were... specifically. Yeah. I thought it was like if
0: setting off this horrible nerve agent would like get rid of all of the army, but the guy was like, no, it's only going to take one hit point off everything in that area, and the UN's there, and you know, this is going to require several roll dice rolls to even start off. And I was like, oh, so then we came up with the idea of, I mean, we might have came up with the idea of working with the Israelis to essentially use their dice rolls and our dice rolls to go into iran dressed as egyptians for some reason yeah. uh, to blame it on them and, and i think e- i think israel didn't like egypt to me yeah no, actually, just the
2: egyptians and were like yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: let's do that so yeah yeah and that was like that was how we got that plan together and then we did some like good dice rolls but we didn't do great dice rolls which meant that like nothing kind of worked out but that was like the first time we we had like a proper plan together of like, oh, how how do we get them? But then it turned mm. out that you could actually just move your special forces into a country and say they're going to cause mischief and then just cause riots. But we didn't mm. know we could do that. <laughs> so. mm. the,
2: the, the other thing that was happening on in, on the Saudi this is, was uh, DC and um, Ev uh, were off being interior and foreign ministers just coming back and telling me things that they'd bought and things that they'd done. We, right, I've got this. I've got this alien breathing apparatus. Like, they, I feel like uh, my my interior minister informed me, that so they had their own arcs of story that happened in this game. Basically, um, we started off trying to like, well, we started off like trying to fund solar panel research to turn the entire Arabian Peninsula into a solar farm, and everyone's like, "Yep, yeah, good idea." And then it would come back like, "Right, I bought nerve gas." Right, like, <laughs> not they don't they don't marry up. Right, but right, I bought alien respirators. Right. Like, yeah, Luke did a very good job setting up alien respirators with with a uh, a secret kill switch, uh, which which if activated would have killed the aliens. Because we learned reasonably early on, from somebody sold us a dossier of information. Can't remember who it was that we managed to did buy. get this as well. That said, the aliens couldn't breathe our our atmosphere. I oh, know. Yeah, and so we ch- we sold that to China for a load of megabucks.
3: That was good fun. Um, after after shout out to. Um beth her, our interior minister um mm-hmm. who so me and her traveled together to get to the event um and she was very very nervous like especially in the couple of days building up to the event really really nervous on anxious about you know meeting new people and then having to go off and negotiate these deals with corporations and <laughs> scientists without me being there um and she did a really good job like the, this, yeah, the, this, the, the, the the challenge. the mega nuke that Pete described was absolutely 100% spearheaded <laughs> by her um and it, which made it all the more tragic that the game ended literally seconds before we got to launch it <laughs> and who were we going to launch it at uh, the think israelis think we were retaliate against
1: israel the israelis they were, were on the hiding, moon by that point they were hiding they on were... the alien
3: mothership apparently so we were going to launch oh, it yeah. directly yeah. at that
1: no, no, they got off the, sh- the ship onto moon. the moon. Oh well, yeah,
3: whatever. We we're going to launch it. At the Israelis, basically. But the, the bigger tragedy, from my specific <laughs> I mean, maybe personal, perspective. this is
0: going too too far into spoilers. Before oh, we yeah, get through, good point. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> let's tell okay, it almost. Yeah. A, let's tell it almost as like a narrative. So, like, once we got past like those early shenanigans and things, um, were there anything like in the mid game? Like you mentioned, like that, that there was a lot of like misinformation and stuff started going mm. around
1: there was like three main threads to our like mid game so one was trying to get swift access for iran because the way that it simulates like iran being under sanctions and stuff in real life by a lot of western countries uh was this sort of uh it's almost like a diplomatic mini game and i think you spent a lot of time on this jd where we had to get um in order to sort of gain an economic boost to our country, we had to get the approval of five other like neutral countries to let us into the swift banking system. Um, and one of the very first things that we did, uh, as per your suggestion, JD, was go to Venezuela, who also had this objective, and basically agree to work together and cooperate on it instead of trying to compete for the same country's votes. Um, And I think that ended up taking us quite a while because some countries I think wanted to like get more for, for their swift access than we wanted to give them or, you know, just, just sort of hold it back for their own advantage. Yes. So,
3: so for example, Pakistan was our next door neighbor, but in, Mm. in the, on the tables, um, and was also listed as one of our allies, um, Mm. So and they had they had a Swift card to give. So immediately I went to them. Well, after going to the Venezuelans, um, who were just as enthusiastic about cooperating as we were, which was great. Um, but I went to Pakistan and said, "Look, here's the deal. Um, here's let's have some cooperation and some solidarity between our countries. We're historical allies. We've you know we've got a lot that we can offer you. Um, but we want to get back into the Swift system." And they immediately were like, "No," because 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 they were so scared of the Americans straight away mm. that they didn't want to. Who antagonize they were also them. allied with. Yeah, they didn't want to antagonise the Americans, which I, I understand. But also, it really screwed us. Like, we I don't think we got. A, we we didn't get our first Swift card until like turn three, because mm. Venezuela got one off Mexico, and they'd already got their five, so they just gave it to us. Um, <laughs> and it, honestly, honestly, I'll say as well, like. Without the Venezuelan team, uh, we would never have done half of what we did. Mm. Like they were brilliant. Like they they were true friends <laughs> to us right from the start, all the way to the end. Basically,
2: global pariahs. Yeah, I feel like we together. had
0: we ha- we had uh, Israel who were just being like absolute poker face. We did did not know what they were actually up to half the time. I had no
2: idea the whole time. No, no, no clue.
0: And like. I guess during the, like, the mid-game, what, what happened with us was we kind of ended, well, on the military table, is that through some, I maybe I even misunderstood it, but through some kind of shaky alliance, I ended up going to war with India for a bit. Ah! So, <laughs> did, yeah, did by accident, right? We, we, we
2: forgot to declare war on them and just started shooting. Them. <laughs> no, oh in defence of Pakistan,
0: if I remember in, correctly. In defence of Pakistan, like, we, we'd made like an alliance, uh, like, Pakistan as I understood it, was our allies and they were getting absolutely battered. So I thought, oh, we've probably got enough, you know, naval power and military power to kind of, at least kind of drive, Mm -hmm. drive a bit of a, yeah. Make it so that Pakistan are not getting like annihilated and, uh, instead of what happened was that i sent some boats into uh, the sea and uh, they came back incredibly <laughs> damaged so i immediately like started saying are you sure you want to be at war with us so <laughs> yeah and uh, the yeah. and then we got a, com- we took a
2: massive we took a massive economic hit as well because we forgot to declare war and just started shooting yeah
1: so oh uh, is that what happens yeah. yes
2: it turns out <laughs> yeah well, funnily
1: enough kind of forgot uh, about that our, our economic sort of situation just went from strength to strength because we we started on was it 30 gdp yeah. and we ended on 70 or 80 or something yeah
2: i've completely i completely beefed i was like i don't really the mid game for me was just i was i was a lot of stood around waiting for people to tell me uh, just to give hand money out i wasn't entirely sure what i was <laughs> i was doing in the middle. i'd get money and then it would just be, i'd just throw it at people like, how much do you want and then because because like luke and eva were off uh doing interesting mm. things Waiting and or, uh, Ev would Ever would periodically come back and report on the progress of solar panels uh, which never really went anywhere which is
0: we never really got our solar panels like sorted. well uh, no <laughs> oh, we, we, we you... declared it and oh. like everyone was
1: like yeah yeah okay yeah nobody really cared in the end that yeah. was the sad thing
2: yeah yeah
0: and i guess on the but military board do. as well uh, like there were always like events happening on the board So there Mm. was always, like... um, There was, like, flooding and climate change and, you know, general bad stuff going on. So what could happen was that if you just didn't... A bit like Pandemic, where if something bad goes on for too long in a place, that place becomes a failed state and causes Mm. more, like, refugees and more chaos and things. And what I felt was starting to happen was that people started ignoring those things on the board in (laughs) favour of their goals or, like, their, like country's goals or aliens we were trying to
1: be very responsible about that i'll I'll have you know so i mean i was as well i held a charity (laughs) no blame here
0: um but it turned out that yemen was entirely just like under alien control by the time i figured out something um (laughs) but yeah it it felt like
1: maybe they saved them from the saudis yeah (laughs) (laughs) well not in the
0: end we were trying to um like eventually they go like towards the end of the game it was like oh we should have been working together on these problems Mm. but the dossiers which we were given at the start were just like they're not your allies they're assholes Mm -hmm. go and get them so there wasn't there was that always negotiation with people like you didn't quite know what story they were playing out
1: yeah yeah Mm. well there Um, was this other mid-game thread of the um islamic community of nations wasn't there which was oh yeah is that spearheaded well, by uh, indonesia, indonesia? yeah yeah so, so so that chat was really pushing that
3: indonesia came to me to chat. talk about it to, to sort of gauge interest and to be fair i'd had in my head a similar idea of like mm-hmm. forming a new like basically forming like an islamic nato um and uh so I, straight away when he came to me obviously i talked to you first pete and then When you Mm. agreed, I said, yep, we're fully in, we're into it. You know, we'll attend the meeting and all this kind of stuff. And then we had this big meeting. So it was, it was um, the head of state. It was basically all of them were heads of state, except for me because Pete was busy. So I went to the first meeting in his place and it was where they signed the constitution and agreed on how it was all going to be run and all this Mm. and like whatever, really good. And then um, that sort of, that went quite well for a while, but then I was... so One thread that I was particularly, like, putting a lot of effort into alongside the SWIFT stuff was um, one of our objectives was to try and get a permanent seat. or not... but Yeah, just get a seat on the UN Security Council. Mm. So I'd I'd been laying, like... I'd been spinning webs to try and sort that out from the beginning and then, like, just occasionally going over and seeing how that was going. So I tried to talk to the Russians about it and they were just not interested at all. They straight up said... <laughs> We don't want anyone else to have we don't, we don't want to have any more like diffusion of power in the in the u n security Council so i went to the, then went to China instead, and they were well up for it um, <laughs> they they were like you know they, they were very keen to sort of help us sort that out, especially when I explained you know let's have a counterweight to western hegemony um and then uh, that ended up all changing because of an i think an event that happened in the mid game. Um, was that uh, the UN basically became a new thing? There was like the the UN Security Council essentially be- ended up becoming the global full-on security yeah. forces, and they like anti alien alliance. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, to, to fight form a bulwark against the aliens, and then especially offensive to us was that the Israelis were essentially a, uh, one of the leading members of it. Um, so. At that point, why the like, well, Israelis? You,
2: you know, you ended up in that, right? No, we we weren't we, supposed we, to. We we
3: from the start, we were like, no, we're not part of this. We are not. We are. We are looking for an exit as, as soon as possible. So we did.
2: <laughs> um. a What? From from. So, okay. Well, that's a weird mid-game thing that I I found out was because we were like, well, because I remember saying to the to the uh the Islamic Council, we should get in on that. Um. Alliance thing, and then everyone was like, "Yeah." And then the, I think America were like, "Well, okay, if you get the signatures of everybody else on it, then you can join as like a singular as because." And our argument was that like "Well, the Islamic League of Nations counts as a nuclear power because Pakistan has nuclear weapons, so together, kind of like a nuclear power." And they're like, "Okay, we well, can get the signatures of the other lot, and then you can join the alliance." And so we did, uh, and then nothing really came of it except. I got to be part of a conspiratorial plan, I think it's beheaded by China in this anti-alien alliance to give the aliens respirators with kill switches in them, which Luke had been developing in the background unbeknownst to me. Uh, but we had to get the aliens to put the respirators on and then we realised well, we could only get some of them to do it and then we'd only kill some of them and then it would be a bit awkward. Um,
1: I think um where we stood with that was, because we had a bit of a, a hard tack to another Uh, sort of plan sort of later in the mid-game because you guys were all pushing towards uh, the UN Security Council and we wanted to get in on that and then we didn't because (laughs) there was another alliance brewing of people who were uh, slightly less anti-alien and by this point we had had uh, one of the alien factions called the Harmonists Uh, we'd agreed to let them base themselves in, in our country um so we we weren't quite as hostile to the aliens as um as some were
2: i don't think i even was i just got sort of dragged into this plan and i'm told right we're gonna kill the right okay cool by the end um, we we did not but
1: (laughs) so there was a few other countries that were sort of making hushed uh overtures to us so i think venezuela and canada were the big movers and shakers of this but there was some others germany brazil uh, Argentina. Um, I think Algeria was but then became less <laughs> enthusiastic as time went on. Um but basically I think we may have been in the UN Security Council for a minute because that happened and then soon after we declared that we were out of the sort of Islamic Community of Nations in favour mm. of this new alliance. And it was quite annoying, actually, because we had this little WhatsApp group that never really got used for, for that yeah. group. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I wanted to say, in one of the, like, heads of state meetings, we're out you should follow us to this new alliance that isn't so anti-alien but I never got the chance because I'd like turned away at the end of one of the meetings and then turned back and half of them were gone so I thought this isn't going to make an impact so I wrote a little message I wrote a little message on the whatsapp and then literally nobody responded to it so (laughs) it's a huge damp squib in the end
3: one thing that I found is that like so the the, the beginning of the game it was all quite there's this weird snowball effect so um, the 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 first like turn or two were actually pretty slow from our perspective like not much happened it so started it was it was a case of like going and just laying the groundwork for a lot of these deals that we are gonna try and make um and then towards the end of the mid game events just picked up so fast and everything had start happening so quickly that I couldn't keep mm. up with what was happening yeah. um especially so I ended up meet, missing a whole bunch. so one thing that the foreign ministers had to do was um in fact, we were so busy we missed the Olympics. <laughs> we just didn't enter even, anything into the Olympics no, because we just no. no pff, I mean, busy. Looks no like idea.
1: we wouldn't have been able to compete with Venezuela. To be fair, they won like a million medals. Yeah, <laughs> um,
3: um the um, so that the the one thing that foreign ministers had to do was vote on United UN resolutions. So originally, that was supposed to be done via the app Slido, um, which is like the voting app thing that you enter yeah. a room or yeah. whatever and it'll t- give you the th- the poll and then you're whatever so i did the first few of those and then through no fault of anybody there on the days just the tech solution just stopped working like the slider was just i don't know why it just wasn't performing at all so they changed it to like in-person voting so there was like a outside the country room there was like a staircase so what happened was some bit of facilitator or the un person would stand on the stairs and sort of explain what the resolution was. And then you'd all just raise your hands to to vote or to say, to say yes, no, or abstain. Mm. Um, and I ended up towards the end game. I just stopped going because I was just far too busy tra- <laughs> going backwards and forwards between Can- Canada, mm. Venezuela, mm. Algeria, Pete, Beth, like just trying to sort everything out, um, mm. and try and keep, keep a lid on events as they unfolded um but i remember what the the thing that made me convinced we shouldn't be part of this un security council anti-alien thing was that we had a there was a vote um i think i can't remember if it was the vote or whether to form it or not or, or something about it um and i saw I saw luke there it was the only time i saw really really saw luke during the day was at these votes um i just and i when they said oh you know who's for it i just saw him put his hand straight up and i was like no
0: no, is, we are well, not the opposite. We
3: are voting against this because <laughs> cause the Saudis are in favor of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, I actually get like I was starting to think about what was happening in that mid-game bit, and we on the like military side of things, there was just so much stuff going on that everything was basically a stalemate, hmm. and <laughs> the only thing that was really happening was that me and Baron were basically playing this game of you had to spread your influence mm. and the only way to do that was to, you just, put, you had to play more influence into a place than someone else so every time it came round to the influence turn, part of the turn you would just sit there and you would wait for someone with your big fistful of influence which you bought by spending all of Dines's money and you would just say there you go, three, two, one and then you just put as much influence down on a place as you wanted to do as possible but it cost us the same amount every turn to do that and you were doing it against someone else. So we was sat there like doing that to each other for ages and it was just getting kind of annoying at the end. It was just like, okay, well you want to take that from me, but I can see you've just put more on. So I'm just going to put more on in front of you. <laughs> and then at the same time I had Turkey just being a little jerk and just coming in at the side and just like <laughs> taking other territories from us. Cause like one of our yeah. goals was supposed to be like the, like the big daddies of the middle East but
3: to maintain we that- managed
1: to uh successfully take that off yeah because that was that in.
3: was one of one of our hidden objectives was um take that card that dominant nation middle east card from saudi arabia and be, yeah mm. be essentially shift that balance of power in our own favor and i think to be fair we we seem to do that very early and with very little fuss like <laughs> it just mm. sort of the thing uh, is it was quite uh, baron came remember, over just gave us the card and was like yeah we're the dominant nation the middle east <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: well that's so it it happened in various turns because uh, it, it, it was like checked at, uh, like three points out of the game or something and i remember i yeah. remember thinking that it would be reasonably easy for us to hold on to because we were um Maybe it couldn't have been too hard because we were. I understood that we started with it, so we should have. I thought we were going to be starting with alliances with loads of people, and then, and that you won the stalemates if you're allied, so we should just be able to sort of stalemate everybody and, and maintain it. But like James said, it was a weird game of like, well, I go, you go, I go, you go. Like, bidding war. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah it but open, really like, open bidding, and then it's. Um,
0: yeah. It because also we didn't have any to start with so you immediately had to spend right. loads of money yeah and that's
2: literally the opposite and i didn't really know what i was doing
0: i was like okay well yeah. i'm gonna spend some money yeah you had here. so much other stuff to do as well it's like okay yeah. well you know we've got influence in qatar mm-hmm. so uh maybe that's good yeah, yeah. and then nothing
2: the military is <laughs> so loaded up with stuff to do um it was it was crazy
0: it was, but, and yeah. realising that, I think I was like saying, that, that we really should have been using a military power to not be shooting at each other to actually resolve crises was like, oh, that's what all that's for, and that's why we should be over there
2: doing those things and stuff. So, like, oh, what, sending the military in to calm people down?
0: Yeah, like doing like oh, calming yeah. crowds. But it was really hard to calm crowds as well, so mm. without anyone mm. else's support. It worked when us, Israel, and the wily Turkey were... Um, <laughs> Like working together to like solve things in our area. But then that meant mm. that you couldn't play the influence game on any other countries because there was no benefit mm. to it. So it maybe was... that's
1: how we came out ahead then. <laughs>
0: I mean, it probably came out ahead because I just didn't see half the board either because I was on one corner and I just didn't look on the other side. I just thought I'd let Kashmir <laughs> get along. Uh, with yeah. it. <laughs> so let's get a little bit into the kind of chaos that occurred towards the end of the game. Aliens, turns out, started making a big fuss, and I can't remember what that yeah, fuss was. Well,
2: no. I they, they some of them decided to just like um, land a load of terraforming towers in Canada and some other places, and then there were rumblings that perhaps they weren't very good, uh, and that a couple of them, a couple of the alien factions turned out to be evil. Mm. There was, um, there was, there of, was something like, implanting things in cows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's news to me. I heard that they were trying to implant things in. Yeah, I had heard that. And the, um <laughs> but it, it was quite funny because at this point, Ev and Luke's plotting sort of started to come together because they were like, right, Ev, Ev turned up at some point with, right, we turns out we can make, uh, we can grow soybeans now, in uh, in alien atmosphere. Not just generally like, <laughs> but in alien atmosphere, and then Luke was like, "Right, it turns out we've also got these respirators. We can now actually breathe alien atmosphere." Um, and that, ex- and then what did we? we oh yeah, we acquired an, somebody. Somebody from the UK came to Saudi Arabia and was like, "Do you want to buy a nuclear bomb?" Uh, so obviously I said yes, um, but it was broken, so he had to go away. He came back and said, "Right, I fixed it. Do you want to buy it now?" And I did. I was like, "Yes, I will." So I just did, ran over to the military table and said to James, uh, "We've got a nuclear bomb now, so enjoy that." Um, but it happy. was just a warhead it wasn't anything on it but then we did have we also had we also had rockets to get people in we had a fledgling space program uh so we had that we were thinking about putting the nuke on there and i don't know what we we're going to do with it but we wanted to try it out um yeah and then i started talking to the aliens a lot more because i at this point i was kind of a bit like i don't really know what's going on i'm just going to sort of be a wild card and uh i was said so the aliens like what do you what do you want do you want stuff and they were, they were just like yeah we'll just take anything you got really so I said, "What well, about political prisoners?" They were like, "Yeah, sure." So I sold them our political prisoners prisoners in exchange for I think a hit on an Israeli satellite because I was worried about Israeli <laughs> nuclear bombs. Um, huh. I don't know why. So I did that. They
0: were wildcards as well.
2: Yeah, and they just didn't do anything. They didn't really do anything. And then I was like, "Oh, by the way, do you want some political prisoners?" And then they just, uh, yeah. And then so nobody cared about solar farm. We made an announcement on the press, but it was too busy. Everybody cared about these eight. Was it aliens? So okay, fine. Then the aliens were like, well, we got mechs as well. Yeah. So nobody cared about solar farms. So instead, um, the, the end game accelerated rapidly to us just going, well, fuck it. We'll live- nobody wants to pay attention to us. We'll just live with the aliens then. Uh, so we just gave Saudi Arabia to the aliens. Because um, we're like, well, fuck it. We can live. We can just survive. We'll just farm soybeans and breathe their atmosphere. It's fine. We yeah. got rid of our political prisoners, so there's no problems there.
0: The last thing uh, that happened on our on our map was just like a guy came over and deployed so many units from one of the alien
2: uh races just on Saudi Arabia. And yeah, he wow. he was like the, the, the Canada guy as well. Like, so I went to speak to Canada who is was, who was extremely enthusiastic uh, and, he, and I was like, I think maybe we should join the aliens. And he was like, yeah, yeah, just do it. Just do it. It's great. It's great fun. Just join aliens. Just let them come down. They're really chill. Turns out this may have been a lie, but I don't care. It was really funny. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Invited him down wholesale into Saudi Arabia with Canada. Do you know he which thrilled.
1: alien faction came?
2: Uh, to you brown, guys? Like some guys in like brown shirts. I can't remember. But what do you know the called. name? No.
1: Okay, <laughs> interesting.
2: But then, but then the alien guy was like, "Yeah, we got mechs. We got like mech robot people. We can use them if you want." And I was like, "Yes, please, just give them. It'd be really funny."
0: I was going to say at the same time we had some. Uh, there was tensions hotting up between um, Russia for some reason and um, the US, I believe. And
1: other places. Oh God, yeah. So... For some reason. Yeah. But
2: yeah, that was, that was going on, even though it was nearby, that was going on a whole world away. We just get, suddenly mm. get this announcement.
3: Well, so was... around the mid-game, I think the Russians... I can't remember why. There was a justification for it that they had. Um, but they they basically ended up invading Eastern Europe and then so pushing... Romania, pushing yeah, that? Romania, and then pushing into Western Europe. Um so it was a whole thing. It was proper, like you know, Cold War gone hot stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all out of you know Tom Clancy's Fever Dreams, um, and yeah, so that that, that was going on for quite a while. Then there was also that whole I've just remembered that whole invasion of Korea thing, where God, yeah. So the Americans and the South Koreans invade, crossed the the uh, thirty eighth parallel,
1: that's right, and, yeah. and
3: attacked North Korea and just conquered it, um, and that was it. He reunified Korea. Um, which obviously pissed the Chinese off um there was there was all these things going on with the major players, and I'm actually really pleased that we weren't major players in that way like i'm it's just fascinating to see that stuff happen and know that like okay, this has no real like this doesn't involve us, but it's just fascinating to watch it happen like um
2: it was fun to know that it was going on, but it's probably worth mentioning, like, the Russian team, Chinese, uh, maybe Chinese, and the, and the the American teams were way bigger, right? They were, like, eight people. Six to maybe. six
3: to eight people, yeah.
2: Yeah, much bigger. Because they, they had presence, like, on every board, everywhere. They had, like, multiple ministers for doing different things and multiple military commanders and that sort of stuff. A lot yeah, it was a was. bit weird
0: every now and then that just, like, someone from America would just walk over to our board and just kind of move stuff around. And I kind of felt that they weren't... <laughs> Particularly engaged with like our board at all, really. That that, that was some quite a good
1: commentary on
0: uh, you know American oh, foreign oh. policy, maybe. Oh, you never know. <laughs> I had like British units next to me for ages until one turn, like the military commander from the UK came along and I said, "You know, you got some units there." And he went, "Oh, I'll have those back." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Forgot about them. So uh, dear, yeah. oh dear. So yeah. That, so yeah. Yeah. Our um our end game was quite well. We had we had two major things happen. First of which was um there was a point near the end where the Canadians who are now our allies they had like some sort of alien armada descend on them, and obviously the first thing I did was go over and said, "Well, what can we do to help you?" And I think you had this as well, JD, where they were just like, "Don't need any help. We're fine." Don't worry about it. So, the, it's all so, good. so
3: basically what happened at the end, like in the, at some point in every turn, there would be a news broadcast where, mm. cause there was a team in the game who were journalists. Um, and then there was about six of them and they'd occasionally come around and ask you for, you know, interviews and stuff. So for it, I was a bit sad because there was, I gave an interview to, um, to GNN. Um, that didn't end up getting used. And I gave some awesome like quotes. So, you know, rain the rain fire on the non-believers, et cetera. Um, it's proper good stuff um but the um so they, they do a news bulletin um where they give you the events like the major events that have been happening and like corporate espionage and things like that and there was this bit where the, in the news they said oh alien ships have descended on canada And i'd looked over and just saw the canadian team and they all just went woo and started waving their arms around <laughs> <laughs> and i was a bit baffled by that Given that I'd negotiated this entire fucking alliance with like Canada yeah. and Venezuela and stuff, and responsible for persuading Pete to commit to it. And I was like, um So I went over immediately to go and talk to the Canadians like, what's the deal? <laughs> what's going on here? Did you
2: did you find out in do you want, you know what happened in the end, right? Yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. they they were just in league. They just chose an alien faction yeah. at the beginning and then just completely Absolutely. buddied up to a hundred percent. That regardless of whether it's the good aliens or not, they just were like, Yeah, we're just going with them. They seem nice. <laughs> they were just what were they they were trying to be like nice bad li- nice bad guys.
3: Yeah, basically. Um, I mean game. to be like bad true, guys. So, true. so the whole Alliance with Canada thing was fascinating because um so I went over and Canada was one of the countries that had a Swift card. And they had I think they ended up giving us our fourth so penultimate Swift mm. card that we needed. Um but I was talking to them about it and so it was actually, yeah, it was Venezuela that said, oh, the Canadians, you know, would be interested in talking to you. So I went over to um the Canadians and had a chat with them and they said, look, we're forming this other counterweight to the Anti-Alien Security Council. um So currently it's us, Germany, Argentina, Venezuela and Algeria. And um there was this whole series of like clandestine meetings because so that the, the building that we were in was... I can't remember what it's called, but it's in Camden. Um, But it had this big garden out the back. um, And I spent a lot of time in that garden, just having like diplomatic meetings in between cigarettes and stuff. Um, And uh, so there was this whole series of clandestine meetings out in that garden where it was, you know, me, the Canadians, the Venezuelans, the Algerians, all just like coming to sort of figuring out the terms of this alliance and how it all works and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, um, yeah i was i was fairly convinced by it all because i thought well yeah we're against the security council we're not anti-alien and also the fact that the israelis are such a big part of it we're not happy about um and uh yeah just then to have it all turned around as like oh the canadians are on the alien team the whole time (laughs) it was just (laughs) very strange um but yeah they gave us that swift card in return for us joining um and then I think we got our final one from, yeah, we got our final one from Indonesia. I engineered that um, and then betrayed them immediately. As soon as we had the card off them, we, we, we then, that was when we did our public, we are leaving the Islamic Council of Nations and joining this new alliance with Canada and stuff.
1: We're leaving. Does anyone care? Hello, hello, is this thing on? Yeah, we really, I think we really
3: did think it was going to have much more of an impact than it
1: did. <laughs> Well, I we thought it was dramatic. Yeah. Is that, that, is, that, that's,
3: that scene in the thick of it where Glenn storms off and they go, should we get him back? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and then, yeah, so the second sort of, uh, <laughs> and this was the very end of the game for us and me most especially, <laughs> um, is a- a- after the sort of fallout of um, Russia and America nuking each other at the end of the game, Somebody came over to our table and uh, and then afterwards to me and said, they've nuked Tehran, you're dead. <laughs>
0: well, that was the thing was that we, we knew that um, Pakistan had launched nuclear weapons. We mm. didn't know who they had actually launched them at. But then also <laughs> we knew that someone else had launched a nuclear weapon and it was just like, well, do you want to intercept it? And then it was just like, well, I had like all these cards that said I could intercept a nuclear weapon. And it was like, do, if they're aimed at us, we're screwed. But all these aliens have just appeared in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> so I'm not going to play any of these cards. And then this big nuclear explosion just uh, appeared in Iran. <laughs>
3: I was like, well, "Well, so there was there was a bit of confusion with that because so this this mega nuke that we got off the I think it was the Chinese Science Institute or whatever. Um, so either the the scientist hadn't explained it properly." or Beth had just missed the bit where he explained it, like, well, explained one of the key functions of it that would have been really useful. So one of the key functions of it was, so, so beyond it being, like, more powerful than his conventional nuclear weapon and um, it not actually being nuclear, it was, like, thermobaric or whatever, um, beyond all that, it could be used to intercept nukes. It could shoot other nukes out of the sky because of the explosion it creates or, what I don't know, some science bullshit um but basically that we didn't realize that it could do that so we could have avoided getting nuked we could have avoided the destruction of tehran at least um so then i get told by one of the facilitators that i am then i am now the head of state of iran because i was i would have been out of the country at the time on diplomatic business (laughs) so i i then formed a a succession government in homers and then i was i was there saying Right. So there was me, Beth, and Baron all stood with one of these facilitators saying, okay, we've got this experimental nuke, um, this mega nuke. Let's launch it. Like, Let's launch it at the Israelis. Let's whatever. Let's retaliate. Um, and then the game just ended. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah. okay, so we didn't get to launch it. And there was yeah, a whole that debate was, that it happened. Was the
2: Isra- it was the Is- Israelis that like, nuked you from the moon, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's
1: yeah. right. Um, they, they decamped from Jerusalem to. Luna, I guess they
0: so, pretty um, much pieced out, went into space, and then dropped a nuke on you.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so yeah, there was this there was this whole thing as well because the, the the facilitator who we said right, let's launch our special nuke um, was saying okay, because of the amount of nukes that have already been launched, um, there's a good chance that this will tip the balance and and the world will go into you know nuclear winter essentially. Like it, it, this will this could end the world. And I said no, just fire it. Just fire it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Just wait we, we don't want... care.
2: Don't give a shit. And,
3: to and, it. and I, I the the final thing I said before the game ended was "rain fire on the non-believers." <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then yeah, then the game ended and that was it. Yeah,
0: I think what what had happened like towards the end was just because nuclear war had occurred every table was just like in disarray at that point like mm, there was just mm. no cohesion to everything and i think they made the right call of just like going standing up on stage and just like going and uh that's the end of the uh <laughs> the end of the world it seems yeah, like yeah. it More lo- less. <laughs> looks like you destroyed it all
2: so so. Sa- so saudi arabia ended up completely uh under the control of aliens yeah um but we and could breathe their air. Uh, we can breathe the air. We can grow their food. I mean, it wouldn't matter because they'd have implanted us with weird parasites and turned us into, like, mine slaves or whatever. But... Um... And then Iran ended in uh, nuclear hellfire. So, well, see, but, so sort
3: of. in a great economic oh, only, only condition, the, <laughs> only the capital ended in nuclear hellfire. So sorry, okay, my, an,
2: an irradiated wasteland, apart my, uh, from the capital, which was yeah, like, so, a fireball.
3: So my succession government probably, like in my head, what I thought of was then: how would this have then gone? How would I have then, as my as the new supreme leader, how would I have <laughs> resolved all this? And I thought, well, probably what I would have done is I would have then just used that military to annex Iraq um take some territory from you know take, so well last time Yeah well I mean yeah but um well this time <laughs> this time we would be the aggressors Um all right <laughs> Um yeah probably just but it, it, yeah weird like cuz there's a lot of places that were kind of untouched um so the map of America I saw a photo afterwards of like the map of the United States And it was just covered in, like, little orange mushroom cloud markers. Like, the whole... The US was just gone. China actually came out of it okay, sort of. Like, they lost... I think they lost Shanghai. Um, Russia was completely destroyed. Um, And then, yeah, you just end up with, like, with these weird things like Indonesia and Venezuela are now the new, like, superpowers. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, we ended in nuclear holocaust, basically, but not quite, just about, with aliens just implanting people all over the place. So, was there, like, one highlight to go around, like, from your game? So, Pete? I
1: think I would just, I mean, this is such a cliche thing to say, but I just think doing it for the first time and getting to experience it, because I'd always wanted to do one of these ever since I saw the old um, shut up and sit down videos that they did earlier iterations of this game years and years and years ago um and finally getting to do it and you know even if there's a bit of like not really knowing what the hell we were doing for half the time <laughs> i think it was such a fun and like exhausting and non-stop and frenetic experience i'd definitely do something like that again uh i did then get covid the next uh week oh no that weekend. So that would be less desirable but you know swingers and roundabouts yeah do uh, you say
2: swingers and roundabouts
1: yeah if you want <laughs> <laughs> Alternate
0: take <laughs> uh, way, uh
2: jd what was it? was there like
0: a highlight
3: um i think just the experience of running around like it really did sometimes feel like being in an episode of the thick of it Like, just running around with all these plots and schemes going on and, like, just being caught out because of either somebody else has done scheming better than you or somebody that you were scheming with has turned out to be an idiot. Like, it's, it's like, just so many great moments like that. Um, And, like, getting called in front of the UN Security Council and all that kind of stuff is just really good fun. But also just, again, to cliche it, It was a good experience to do it for the first time. And also, I'm glad that we did it as a group, like, because I'm there with my mates. And, you know, I can, so I can occasionally, every time I come back to my table to sort of talk about the deals I'm trying to negotiate, I'm talking to Pete, who is a mate. Mm. And it it, it takes away a lot of the, the sort of stress and the anxiety that I would have had if I'd gone by myself. Or, yeah. if, if, or if or if we'd been in split up groups or whatever, like if we had all been together, essentially. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, how about you, Tom?
2: Um, I liked uh, functionally throwing in the towel with the aliens at the end. I think I should have done that earlier. I should have gone the. I should have embraced the uh, the Canadian route. Embrace the chaos. Um, that's, that's yeah, I should that. have embraced the chaos a little bit more. Chaos, um, Nadia. Uh, yeah, but I I I kind of want to do another one now. So hell yeah, just talking Maybe can about do it, it. Then.
0: to talk about it just like makes me think oh god that was really fun i think my favorite thing i think we've we've already talked about it but was just like having that little scheme with israel to plant chemical weapons and then dob iran into the un was just like a a fun scheme and it was very good but we could only have like in plotting that you had to play the role of those people to do that kind of thing and you had to go like okay right so we really want to screw them up so but they can't know it was us and it's definitely us whenever anything happens it's definitely <laughs> going to be us but you can't I mean, prove st- it
3: straight away straight away as soon as as soon as i see I re- realized I'd seen you talking to Israel I was like mm, I wonder who did this <laughs> cool
0: so I think we all said that we'd do another game
3: as well so
1: absolutely i'd love yeah. to do another yeah. one with a bit more sort of understanding and uh experience
0: yeah i think that was it. it was like when people said oh have you played a mega game before and then quite a few people at like our table put their hands up and it was just like oh no <laughs> are these people going to be pros at this hmm. like they had some of them had more hats on than i did so it was like oh, duh. are they taking it really seriously or and it turns out they just didn't know what was going on either
3: which was good i think part of the part of the thing of them being experienced players is that they know what they're getting out of it so i feel like it, there was never a moment where i felt like anyone was trying to game it Or anyone at least that i was talking to or any conversations that i happened to be eavesdropping on for no particular reason um I, yeah i never got the sense that anyone was trying to play it purely as as a game um, yeah. And trying to, every, everybody was no one, on the same wavelength. They? I, I never felt like someone was trying to screw us with mechanics. Like, yeah. it, I think mm. every, it, it was very narrative, and that's exactly the sort of thing I like. And I, th- I feel like the experienced players understand that because they've done it before, so they understand what's th- you know the important part of, the, of a mega game. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely be up for doing it now that I've experienced it. I want to do more of them. Like there was, I think someone was talking about one s- relatively soon that is like. Um, uh, gothic horror um mm. i can't remember where i think it's in newcastle or something but that sounds really good i mean i won't be able to go to it definitely not because i can't afford to go up to newcastle for a weekend but i'd be up for trying all these different things out like in different settings and stuff like there's yeah. one there's one apparently that's been mentioned That's like the death of stalin yeah and i'd definitely be up for <laughs> being a part of something like that <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think one thing I made a quick note to say that if you want to find a mega game in your area, um dot com is where you can find a good list of like uh what is going on. Most of them seem to be UK based, but I'm assuming that they probably occur mm. in other countries as well. Probably harder to organise in the US or somewhere which is a bit more um distance distanced, but I'm sure that they happen somewhere near you. Um, yeah, so I was gonna like wrap up the conversation by saying, well, we're we're meant to be a miniature painting and playing game podcast and something like that. So, what could us as miniature fans of little games, workshop, war games, and things learn from something like this?
1: That's an interesting question. I do I do think that the thing that JD just mentioned about playing without like the rule set above all things in mind is a really good way to approach it and obviously miniature gaming is like a very different proposition because it's like two three hours and then it's over most of the time but i do i do wonder if some of that attitude could maybe be brought into like you know narrative campaigns or something Mm. um i suppose that's just the question of like expectation setting and attitude adjustment because i mean i i i Used to go to this club uh, in the place that I lived before I bought my house, and <laughs> there was a narrative campaign that lasted a year, and like everyone was hyper competitive, like using complete metalists all the time. And so I, th- I think there's always going to be a cadre of people who sort of prefer that way of playing, no matter what. But I don't know. I like I like the the concepts uh, of. I guess inhabiting the mindset of the the faction that you're playing, not in like a you know guy yelling in an orc voice the whole <laughs> game, but in terms of like the way that you do your actions in the actual game itself. But I, maybe there's less scope for that in a miniature. I, game think, I given... think
3: I think I think role playing it is an interesting way of thinking. Not yeah, like you say, not shouting in an orc voice or shouting mm. for the emperor, purge the heretic yeah. or whatever. It's, it's more more like making decisions that you think the person actually in your position would do. Um so you know, make it so play say if you're I don't know, playing your Imperial Guard Army or whatever, making tactical decisions based on what you know an Imperial general would actually do. Not necessarily um the most optimal game way of doing it. <laughs> You know, send them I, feel, all into I feel like the meat grinder. I feel like having scope for that. That's something I try and do in my miniatures games anyway, sort of like within mm. within reason. Um, but yeah, it's something I'm definitely keen to do more of. Like, just try and role play it by getting into the mindset a little bit more of like trying to inhabit that position or that world in that way.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I came away and then immediately started trying to plan a narrative weekend. So that was kind of my, mm, my general yes. feedback was just like, we have to apply some of this to there. But understanding like the things that made the mega game successful was not more rules was mm, like, mm. like having That's a very good thought value over the, for actions, but that value wasn't quantifiable too much, basically. It was like you could get weird stuff you could get items you could get interesting things so I think that was something which I really took away from the event and it was really positive like it was a really positive thing like when you took away things from the rules or like those off-table experiences like the military game was like it was a game but everyone was feeding that game with like money and items and interesting bits of things and then your decisions had to be made by like almost like the king of Saudi Arabia coming over and saying yeah you should definitely start a war that's probably a good idea and I'd just go okay then and then it was a really bad idea Um, so yeah I think taking some of that away was like what I took and then immediately started trying to figure out how we apply that to something horrible and grim and in the Age of Sigmar, apparently. Uh, Tom, anything which you want to take away from the whole situation? No,
2: I don't, honestly, nothing really to add there, to be honest, because you've, you've pretty much all covered it all other than, I think, a mega game set in the, either like 40k, 30k. Yes. It would just be, it would, oh my God.
1: Oh, we should think Please.
2: about um, Print money. I'm, I'm good already, which, now that you've said that. Incredible. I'm already
3: thinking about it. I mean, I'm already. This might be off topic. Well, it isn't off topic entirely, but I'm already thinking about like you know writing RPG settings and things. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely up for trying to come up with something along those lines. For imagine being like the council of an Azurite city trying to deal mm. with you know a chaos in, a chaos rift opening or something. Imagine that. How good would that be?
2: The thing, yeah. the thing is that if 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 the question is framing is what you can learn as sort of from from miniature games I don't I personally I don't think a huge amount it was it was very much more of a an RPG mm. than it was a board sure. game Um I mean I just it, not, it, it coming out it's not what me. it out of it it was
0: like I had a literal tabletop in front of me with units moving
2: around uh, so. <laughs> Yeah yeah but I think I I mean like as a, as a grand whole right it's but, more yeah. of a curated RPG than it is a prescribed uh, board game although i appreciate it was for you
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i totally take that
0: i think it, it was a it was an awesome experience so it was definitely something i'd want to do again it's like like i do want to get more of it into like the feel of miniature gaming and war gaming and things i think it's that th- thing that is sometimes missing from it almost but without
2: the complete commitment to the bit, <laughs> I guess. Mm. But it's but that's this is this is yet another. Yeah. Have you considered narrative gaming? Exactly. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And it does require it requires buy-in from everybody, and it requires setting of That's it, isn't it? And yeah. Which is, yeah. and if you can do it, I guess what this does prove is if you can do it, I bet it'd be great. I
3: Tails, think. I yeah. think. I think a wider thing with miniatures gaming, particularly, is that, uh, and this may be particular to the way that GW does things, um but. It's the, I think the competitive side of it, or at least matched play, TM, is so like front loaded and seen as almost the default. Um, that I think, yeah, it may, it's worth taking a step back and thinking vibes over rules. Like, well, in, yeah, just getting a narrative going rather than like, what's the most optimal, uh, unit that I can take in this matchup? Right. What's the most optimal? decision I can make here and thinking right what's cool though what what makes more sense from a start from the story of what's happening here
0: yeah it does like the the match play sort of thing doesn't allow for you to essentially take something because it's cool almost because you will lose if that yeah. happens but maybe that's fine but yes also like maybe that's cool with your opponent as well to do something a bit different or something so like they don't have to take a meta list against you you can just put slam your hammers together as they say (laughs) cool all right do we have anything else to add to before we start wrapping up the podcast um it's been no that's the whole thing that's it we just solved it and uh, the entire thing awesome
1: only other point is doing stuff with like-minded people is good and fun the end but that is a hot take to end up here oh, you geez. sure you want to put that out there well, that controversial. controversial. cool
0: all right so um i did look up a few other places to get some information so we've already mentioned megagameassembly.com find megagames near you we also hot mega games in your area mega games in your area or near your area there's also going to be a first contact 20 uh th- 2036 i believe yeah at some point, so keep an eye out for that on the website. I believe next year. Which is verylargehugegames.com um, They were lovely hosts, it was an excellent event uh, and if you can find out more, the Shut Them and Sit Down did a video about it in 2014 which yes, probably makes us right. crumble into some kind of dust.
2: 8,000 years ago. Eight, 000.
0: Which I believe was
1: the precursor game Watch the Skies.
0: Indeed. So, uh, before we properly sign off, uh, Pete, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, if you want to look at pictures of my miniatures, uh, Instagram slash, uh, Fienya, F-I-Y-E-N-Y-A-A. Or if you want to, uh, look at me arguing with horrible people on the internet, same thing for Twitter.
0: Hell yeah, and we're just moving into a period of, uh, political climate where that's going to happen a lot. So. <laughs> And JD, where can people find you? Uh,
3: again, if you want to look at pictures of my miniatures, what I've done painted, uh, I'm on Instagram at jd.paints. Um, I'm not going to give out my Twitter because... Uh, <laughs> the, the, Too the, radical. No, no one wants to read that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom.
2: Uh, I'm most places at TN Dines. Nice.
0: And you can find me at Alone Music uk on instagram yeah that's me i can remember that cool you can also find us at tinyplasticpeople.com we will have more podcasts there mostly about miniature things not meaty things and we will also yeah we have articles and other fun things there i believe there's stuff in the pipeline so keep listening to us i guess and not if you don't want to you can also find us on social that's the other thing at tinyplasticpals oh and email us at the tinyplasticpeople uh, at gmail.com so there's all the sign offs it's very hot in this room
1: uh, so you got meat on the brain my friend I have
0: got meat on the brain and for a vegan that's a bad thing <laughs>
1: so goodbye
0: everybody
3: bye everyone see you in a bit adios
1: A scientist assassinated by robot. Apparently, that happened to us at one point.